0: So to talk about the shift in focus, then, is your focus very much on qualification or is it on competing in that qualifier?
1: Um, no, it would definitely be, it, it'd be a bit more ambitious than um, then was qualification, for sure.
2: Yeah, I do think I've learned a lot from each experience, for sure. But like I'm not going to sit here and say like, I'm grateful I went through those experiences. Like, no, I'm not. I'd rather have not lost my hair as a 19-year-old going through chemotherapy.
3: Or I used to get lost in a place when I was training or practicing or playing with my friends, where I where I would literally think I was whoever, you In-pro know, writing or, or yeah. in Corp Park or whatever, and um, and that was something that always came very naturally to me. And I, I remember it's my... it's it's a tough one and something I'm uh, constantly working on because. Um,
4: Yeah, I think if you're uh, over self-aware, I can be over-critical and it's always something I've struggled with is that confidence piece and beating myself up. Because if I see someone doing something, I'd be like, I should be able to do that. And when I'm not able to do it, yeah, I get a bit frustrated and probably a bit sad in myself, so. A
5: car footballer did their ACL there at the weekend and straight away people on Twitter in nine months always went back for so-and-so. Some people don't return for a and a half Some people but, don't return at all. No, but I think in the last few weeks...
0: Sorry now to say that yeah, as well. Like, I know, but, but this
5: is you have to have these conversations with yourself yeah. because there's no point in cognitive self.
0: It's a decision in their head. It's because that's what they want to do. They want to push themselves and they want hmm. to go on and they want to improve because it's a singular focus more so than maybe the other kind of aspects that you get up to when you're younger and it sounds like from what you're saying if
6: you know if you lay strong foundations it's going to be there for a thousand years so Mm. i like like that i like that idea that that sort of slow and steady slowly improving slowly growing um, is is what kind of makes makes a kind of strong a strong player it
0: sounds like There's a great deal of self-awareness there. Like, Has that Ah. happened over time? Or is it something that you're focused on? But there's one thing that I did notice, and it's that on almost every podcast, you mentioned that you believe that you're limited as a footballer. Do you think think that that might be holding you back a little bit? I
7: do, yeah. I think that's probably my biggest weakness at the minute. Um, But as I said, I'd be careful around careful i'm trying to not change too much who i am like because i don't i don't really want to you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i I don't want to sacrifice there will be trade-offs like in regards to who you are as a person and i don't want to it's not football's not that important to me like it's not i don't it's not worth um the potential negative you know you know what i mean in regards to changing my character um what was the question again
2: <laughs> well
0: it's more so around the self-awareness but that's thought process like that yeah, you tell that. yourself you're yeah. a limited footballer No, that, that is a weakness of mine that you, you think i'm I'm maybe just or i'm
7: using that and constantly saying that to maybe no but that's a weakness of mine that i i probably do need something that i will put, try to you know is work on that a little bit more um not to be as caught up i'm I'm very neurotic like i i would i, I would think about things i would think three things um and as I said, I, I think you're much more it's beneficial to be just like water orthodox back like um with mistakes, with issues, with pressure, with whatever it is. Um but that's somewhere that I can try and as I say if I can manage it, and, um, slowly try and progress that like
0: because from an outside perspective, you're playing in the championship, like you're League of Ireland player of the year, footballer of the year. So Despite what you believe Even about that, yourself, there's
7: still imposter syndrome, like
0: yeah, 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 still
7: majorly. Yeah, and it's funny you would think with, and it, I, I have I have got a little, but you'd think with them successes that I would that would leave you like, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really, and it probably, it's probably fueled a little bit too by the type of player that I am, like, as I said, I'm I'm a, a physical lad who'll just run and head it and get in the box, whereas, but that's it. That's. Football. I know that's a strength, but it's, you know what I mean. It's not the it's not the beautiful, nice, beautiful, lovely footballer who has nice touch and dribble, control, and pass. You know what I mean. Like so, there's always that. Yeah, but who that, cares? That's, that's what's football like. I know who cares, and that's the attitude that you try and tell yourself. But it's um, that probably feels it a little bit. But listen, I'm not too bad. I'm. I'll
0: get there. Hold on. I'm absolutely <laughs> grilling you here, but. <laughs> in terms of the mindset shift and the mindset change do you see a difference in the mindset of a championship footballer versus
7: a League of Ireland footballer? No 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 I, I you get that at all no they're the same at all levels there'll be lads at League of Ireland here mentally just as tough and as strong as lads as I've seen in the championship um, it's just a difference in a little bit of I don't know, ability and luck and, and different it's fine margins like um, a lot of good players in the League of Ireland but no I wouldn't say I, I noticed that no.
0: you have been speaking a lot around mindset around communication around things outside of the actual game how have you seen that develop in your eight nine years in the setup over time do you find you put more emphasis on that nowadays or has it always been there
8: uh, no definitely I think it's I think I've definitely this year maybe paid more heed on where my mind is at, what I'm choosing to focus my energy on. Um, I think as a group as well, um, we've brought in things like goal setting, um, even just how we analyse games, how we analyse our performance, and um, so that you can actually go into a game and, I think when you're losing a lot, like over the years we lost a lot and then it's very easy to just get that kind of outcome focused and we just need to win and really chase and go hard for a win. Whereas um, I think actually focusing on performance, identifying what it is that you bring to the team, but then also identifying what it is that us as a team can do to, our, to the opposition, like kind of. I guess we probably never looked at ourselves as being as threatening as what we can be and looking at our strengths and really identifying those helps you break that down. So then in a game, you're kind of just thinking, well, look, if I get my core skills right and if we control what we can control, then there's a bit of freedom to that. Like, you know, because you get on so well with the girls that that gives you the freedom, even if I go out here and have the worst game that I've ever had the girls are going to come over pat me in the back and say next one it's all right at least like i'll have your back or whatever so i think that definitely gives you a freedom and i can mentally for me it gave me a freedom that took i guess a lot of pressure that i would have put on myself away and instead just play um knowing that if i kind of focus on what i need to focus on and then just put in maximum effort behind that then at the end of the day like you've given your all and that's all that anyone can ask from within a team
5: it is okay to actually speak your emotions to someone and say it to someone like you don't people don't realize how someone's sitting and listening to them how powerful it is and just saying yeah I have a brother at home when I come home from games or if there's something around me I just it go mad I can't go to dad because I know he's going to be too negative so I go <laughs> to the brother Daniel and I just give out and he just says yeah Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And one day I just said to him, You're disagreeing, aren't you? So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, that's that's all I wanted. I wanted someone just to admit to me, you know, he was he didn't even know what I was hearing, just to say, yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I knew myself I was being so negative negative, I was being completely wrong, but I just wanted him to say, Yeah.
0: It's just. it's not really spoken about though, in relation to injury very much, especially like the ACL. You're 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 warned, but you're not really warned like that you're going to go through this because of the injury. And then sometimes when it happens, as you said earlier, sometimes you think, am I insane? Like, yeah. like this is really getting to me because I've had a few athletes over the last few weeks, even come back from ACL, like mentally, like it might be just for a day or two, but it gets to you. It does get to you. like, And I've, I may say as well, I've done the ACL and it's been a long road back too. And it is very mentally fatiguing and taxing to just, Stay focused and stay consistent so frequently every day because you go in the gym and you're making such minute progress, it can yeah. get so frustrating. Like,
5: yeah. And I think I was making my new progress for the about say seven eight months, going nowhere, like not seeing any progress. People kept telling me, one day you are just going to have, you're one day you're going to win there, and one day you're going to be I'm like, Geez, this is it. But, for me it took now i am seeing it for me it took it took a long time but i think it's just like i think i've been lucky in terms of i've had such support um from my physical home running across and from Santry. i feel like once you have a go, a good support unit around you it definitely makes it easier some people say being involved with a team makes it easier i knew myself that that was the worst thing that i could i could do um, I just want to be nowhere near it. And mm. but it definitely is like you talk about this morning. I just did the gym and I was in there and I was just like, You're just cursing yourself every two seconds. And then you're like, Oh, I'll skip the last two, I'll do that tomorrow. But then you're like, No, I just have to do it now. But it's that grind. Little man in your head. Little man in your head, constantly talking to. <laughs> like you're the last set is probably it's <laughs> The last setups were all sit ups, and I'm like, I'll do that home at sure, home this evening. Like, I'm no more going to do them than the man. You doing. know, I yeah, just you like know to you're not please do myself I've done great today. I'm gonna reward myself and go home and do the wall sits at home. Um, but see, at the start, I had so much people that had done it. Um, I definitely found it. I remember when I done it was Rose Kenny Place for a tip, one of my teammates, she literally had me put on the straight narrow, straight away with exercises. Mm-hmm. I remember even going into Ray Moore, and he couldn't get over my range of motion. And I think I just admitted to myself first of all after she'd spoke to me I just had a, a moment with myself after all that and I just admitted to myself that I feel like there's too much of a focus on nine months yeah. and I had admitted to myself I just said to myself I'm not going to be back in nine months and it is going to go wrong like, and it will go wrong and it's not going to be this because I feel like people put expectations on themselves then they're reaching for a time on it instead of reaching for actually where they are in terms of the ability of what they're able to do. So when these things happen to me, I didn't come as surprised with the meter. Now when the last one happened to me I was kind of like feck off because I've taken it now this way. But you know yeah it was kind of just I remember Tommy Conrad, the mayor of football I wouldn't know Tommy mm-hmm. at all like but anyone I hear I feel sorry for them. But I just watched to Tommy and I just said, look, I just found this the easiest. just admitting to yourself that it's not going to go right. it mightn't be nine months. And then you don't have expectations. The first one when you're over testing, I couldn't even... That was the first time I, I did anything. I squatted down. Normally I'm at home and we have two things and a child and I'm here holding on to these things. And that was the first time I actually had to do a squat. Um, but for me, that was definitely the game changer, just admitting that we're not on a time scale here. We're on what you can do and your ability and how you can do it.
0: I love that, though. Like, And for some people, that wouldn't... used to hearing it they might think that sounds negative but it's not at all negative because you're not saying i'm not going to be ready for nine months per se even though you are you're saying i'll be ready when i'm ready yeah so you're giving yourself kind of you're giving yourself a bit of leeway to kind of go day by day and go by feel, and you're preventing yourself from being disappointed if it doesn't come together in either nine or twelve months which is what a lot of people focus on and then when it gets to that and they're not fully right they're like but you told me I would be yeah and my athletes get tick at me as well because they're always like so how long I was like I don't know like I can't say because I'm not gonna say because it'll be right when it's right and I know that's frustrating but longer term it's probably better for your mental health than short term telling you Three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, because it will be right when it's right. It won't be it won't and it it won't do the work for you if you just sit there for nine months and do nothing. No. Not that you have been doing that anyway. It sounds like you've been doing as much as you possibly can. Yeah. In relation to if you are going to be traveling in the next few months, what are the aspirations for this season? Just to wrap up. Like what are you taking it day by day because of the injury, or do you have an end goal in mind?
9: Okay, so there's two things to this. I have, I have my long-term or my kind of medium-term plan for this year is to be back on that track healthy mm-hmm. and whatever. The, I have no like exact time or anything like that, that I want to run, because I think that would be silly to decide on right now. Um, My goal right now is to be healthy, happy and on that start line this summer. And in terms of success, For this year success is going to look different every single day that I wake up Mm -hmm. today it was I got my gym session done got my bike session done going to have you know a nice relaxing day and I recover after this
5: after (laughs) after this yeah
9: (laughs) and then uh, you know like that going to bed tonight I'll be like that was that was a successful day but as the weeks go on that's going to change as in you know a competition or you know more intense training when I'm back on the track and stuff like that like they're all going to be different factors to that, but yeah, healthy, happy fish on that start line. That's that's what's that's what's going to happen this summer.
0: That's the title of the book. That yeah. this that's a chapter. Of. <laughs>
9: yeah.
0: You speaking about your own training and your personal ambitions to hone your craft, etc. Um, it sounds like you're very focused and hyper-focused on that, and it's something that's in your mind all the time and. Um, Do you think that that is a characteristic or a common characteristic that you've come across from rugby players that play at the highest level? Because I know myself from speaking to different athletes and from playing with different athletes, the ones that do go the furthest are the ones that when you're underage and when you're in those teen years are the ones that do go to the gym rather than going hanging hanging out with lads, doing nothing basically, or going drinking, etc. They make the better decision and they make it not because it's a decision in their head, it's because that's what they want to do. They want to push themselves and they want mm. to go on and they want to improve because it's a singular focus more so than maybe the other kind of aspects that you get up to when you're younger. And it sounds like from what you say in your preseasons when you were 18, 19, there was a good bit of that. Um, in the summers, going relaxing with the boys as well which is important because Mm. you've got to get that social aspect but is Mm. that something that you think that professional athletes and the ones at the highest level have in common
6: yeah yeah definitely I mean I mean I think even when I was even when I was 18 19 I wasn't I wasn't sort of um I was still very focused I, I it was more like I was just I was learning what kind of what it would take at this next level um because it, your 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 standards are always, like always changing aren't they so mm-hmm. um but uh, the, the, you know I, I think i think you do get um sort of some anomalies whereby whereby players are sort of naturally gifted and it's like it's hard work and um and yeah repeating the simple stuff um I, I, like, yeah i really do i think i think when you see people that have got those characteristics like in my opinion, I think like it's it's invaluable, and in that they there's they do often tend to be the ones that um that end up thriving, and 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 actually some sometimes it might not be at the start of their career. Sometimes they have to slog it out and 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 labour hard, and 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 eventually they'll 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 flower and, and blossom later on. Um, but um, but yeah, they, I like to use it. There's there's an analogy, there's an analogy of um, a plant analogy. I quite I like gardening, so. Um, you know, that you can, I've heard. You could be, yeah, so you could be like, a, you could be like a sun, a sunflower, for example, and, um, and, and, you know, some, a sunflower pretty much grows to, to full size within, within a couple of months, but then it, it dies very quickly. And then you have to plant it up next year using the, using the new seeds, or you could be a yew tree, which takes, you know, can, 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 can take, uh, it might only grow five, six centimeters a year. Um, but whilst it's doing that, it's spreading its roots, it's it's laying down layers, and it's it's retaining retaining knowledge. And 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 a yew tree unlike a, a sunflower, it's not going to die the next year. It's put. I mean, it, if you know, if you lay strong foundations, it's going to be there for a thousand years. So mm. I like I like that I like that idea that, that sort of slow and steady, slowly improving, slowly growing um, is is what kind of makes makes a kind of strong a strong player.
0: Absolutely, you've got to be continually working on it, but it's not. Huge changes it's just being consistent by the sounds of things which is similar to that analogy you have to do the small things and do them well I know that you've been an advocate for men's mental health in the past Uh, I've seen you sharing a number of things on your Twitter on your Instagram etc and I know that probably the from listening to you the major Not even issues, but what thing that you ran into when you were younger was probably overthinking things a little bit. So, Mm -hmm. how have you managed that through the years? And now, do you find that you're way better in your own personal self talk and having yourself in a mindset where you're a lot happier, healthier, and ready to perform and enjoy your rugby a little bit
10: more?
6: Yeah, I I, I think a lot of it, uh, a lot of it for me was it, it became sort of quite almost, um, job-like at times mm. and and, and, I, and I sort of got into a bit of routine and, and and you start taking a lot of a lot of what people say literally um and 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 probably people pleasing and trying to please everyone trying to please the media trying to please coaches rather than just taking it all back and 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 focusing on, on why you play rugby which is to have fun and to play I like that, that that is the thing I, I probably stopped playing rugby I was just sort of I was, I was, I was doing rugby, but I wasn't playing rugby. Whereas, whereas I think, like, like when you play, you know, you play with a smile on your face. That that's infectious. You know, people people respond to that when they when they can see you're enjoying yourself. So, that's kind of that, That's what I that's what I try and do now. And I, and and, and it's uh, like it definitely it definitely helps. I I enjoy, um, I enjoy games way more now than than I probably did did for a period. Um, and 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 it's also sort of second bit that I've kind of really started to enjoy just like working with like working with the younger guys and things like you, you learn um I think I think when you come into the, the you know the perception is it's always like I'm probably in the middle now I'm 25 so I'm sort of not young not old in, in in a rugby context but um you you look up to the older guys think for I'm, I'm going to learn so much from them and, and 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 a lot of them you do But also you learn a huge amount from the guys below you as well um you know that they're doing new things. They're 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 taking things to a new levels, well, and that's 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 awesome. And then sharing the stuff that you've learned with them is is incredibly satisfying. And because ultimately, you want you want to get to the the heights you can get to. But then you also want the guys that are going to be playing after you to be even better than you. You want to you want to make the game better. You want to make them better than you ever were. So, um, I I, I really enjoy that process.
0: As you said, there though, like in terms of age you're probably in the middle in terms of age but in terms of experience at the club you're probably towards the higher end because you made your debut at 17 so how many years is that now that's eight years like at gloucester Um, yeah so in a way it is pretty appropriate that you're going to be mentoring the other players that are coming through because i would imagine a lot of those younger players are coming through the academy similarly to what you did and i'm sure then because of that you can see similar things in them that you saw in yourself back then
6: oh yeah yeah a hundred percent like um there's yes yeah similar things in terms of rugby similar things in terms of mindset so it's it it is like it's quite cool to then be able to say well this this is what i did and it's not it's not kind of not doing it in an obvious way but just subtly subtly giving them little bits and, and 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 seeing seeing if they take it on board um yeah, and and and, and, and uh, like a lot, a lot. To be fair, a lot of them do have a really positive mindset. So, um, so so they do.
0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Output Sports. Output Sports make athlete testing and monitoring simple, portable, and efficient. Their single sensor tool enables the measurement of over 160 exercises spanning agility, speed, power, mobility, reactive strength, and more. We use an output sports sensor extensively in our training. We use it for testing and monitoring of athletes readiness before training and after games. We also use it for barbell velocity training and for testing and assessment of a number of different measures in terms of jump ability, in terms of force outputs and in terms of reactive strength. It is really, really useful for us. It provides fantastic value for us in what we deliver to our clients, to our athletes, and helping us to deliver a higher standard of care to all of the GAA athletes that we work with. So I would 100% recommend outsourcing to Output for all that they offer and get on to them as soon as you possibly can. Now, back to the podcast. So to talk about the shift in focus then, is your focus very much on qualification or is it on competing in that qualifier?
1: Um, no, it would definitely be, it, be a bit more ambitious than, um, than just qualification for sure.
0: Okay. Uh, so do you think that this injury, because you've talked about it already, has given you a new perspective on your training or on your competition to, or, or the way that you approach athletics? Or is it very much the same bullish kind of all costs mentality that you typically have? Because it sounds like you're so incredibly driven that it's just like, this is it and this is what I'm going for and I'm going to get
4: it.
1: Um, I think it's definitely taught me there's different ways to get to like the same thing. Obviously, I haven't got there yet. So um, my current uh, my current journey is is still under test. So we can turn around and reflect on that a little bit better um, after after August. So
0: then I wanted to ask you about like the pressure that you put on yourself, because there's quite a contrast there between like I've heard you speaking before about post races. If you don't perform well, you could be thinking about it for a longer time. This might actually match up well with what we what we just talked about there a second ago, because pre-race, you're you're trying to be complete, completely, relaxed, at least. So maybe you would be towards one end of that spectrum of more of the warrior type athlete, because you obviously are so committed to it and you want to do so well in it that you probably can't help. But if you don't achieve the goals that you've set for yourself, thinking about it long into the night uh, afterwards.
1: Yeah, um, that's something I'm, I'm like, actively trying to change um, because it's just, like, I really learned last year, like, it doesn't make me run better if I, like, beat myself up after a bad race. Like, if I had a bad race, it's usually because something was going on, I messed up or, like, I just wasn't, like, in the shape I thought I was. Pace went, like, obviously there's loads of reasons, but, like, it's done. It's not because I turned up to the start line and was like, oh, I don't feel like it today like it's never that reason i always gave 100 but sometimes that 100 percent is the performance i hope for so i think i've worked a lot with like my sports psychologist on that and um, because i just realized it just like pulls down my mood and enjoyment of the sport overall so um i definitely have not mastered it at all but i think the best athletes know how to like pull out a good performance in tough times but also put a bad performance behind them really quickly and move on and then perform well again the next day even after they had a bad day so I think that's something I need to like continue to work on so I think although in hindsight looking at my indoor season I was like disappointed with every race to be honest but um I wasn't falling crying after them all (laughs) so that was a little win for me
0: (laughs) I I got positive out of you eventually so I did um I assume it's still Jessie that you're working with and she's so positive as well that like that's obviously got to be a great help but I wanted to ask you then off the back of that do you have any specific strategies that reduce the amount of kind of stress post-race now or do the like well you must I suppose if you're working with her
1: yeah um yeah I still work with Jessie and she's great obviously like I haven't I'm nearly like Hmm, what were my strategies now because it's so long since I raced or been in that mm. <laughs> competition that mindset now um but yeah we've definitely worked on it a lot Um, I would say it's kind of what I said in, in the last question it's just like reflecting like it was not like yes it was my fault I ran badly but it wasn't because I like didn't try my best and just reflecting on that and like sometimes it's out of my control or it was just a bad day and I just need to like acknowledge that it's done and like beating myself up about it does not improve my performance the next day. So it's kind of just around that.
0: It's interesting from hearing you speak about the French League there and obviously how some games in your head are more important than others, especially like you have to win your home games. Do you find that mental performance or getting yourself to the same mental space is something that may be missed Sometimes over there, because there are so many different factors playing into each game. Like, you might have to travel on the bus for hours to get to these away yeah. games. So, it's hard to get yourself in the same frame of mind for that game as it would be to say a game down the road where you're only going a half an hour and you're turning out at your own home field in front of your home fans.
11: Yeah, like it's that it's it's funny you say that because, yeah, like mentally, like it is poles apart. Like, you play at home. And the sort of atmosphere in the changing room, like, before the game is just, like, deadly serious. You can hear a pin drop. Lads are just, like, have their headphones in, not much talking, like, load of nervous energy. Whereas, like, away games, it's just completely different. Like, lads are sort of chatting, having a laugh about what they did in the train yesterday, who won cards on the train up, or, like, different stuff. Like, it's just completely different. And then, like, even the team talk, it's, like right lads first 10 first 15 like we need to come out of the blocks and like be on it and stuff to give us a chance to then be in the game whereas like when you play at home it's just like we've got to go for 80 minutes whereas when it's away it's like right let's try and do a bit for like 10 15 see where we are if the home team aren't quite on it then we can kind of build into the game from there but it's not like it's not just the same home and away where like it's like right we're gonna give our 100% all, this is our game plan, we're going to stick to it, we're going to do X, Y, Z to get a win. It's very much kind of, let's see how the home team are. If they're not quite on it, then we might be able to capitalise on it. But if not, then sure, look, we're away from home. We'll try stick in the fight. And sure, if we lose by 15, 20, we lose by 15, 20. So, yeah, like when I think when you first come over as a foreigner to France, like it takes ages to get your head around it. I think luckily now I'm so used to it that I kind of, you can kind of get your head around it a bit more and it doesn't frustrate you as much as it used to. But like I remember even this year, like we had a we had a kind of like a culture meeting um, talking about like our aspirations for the season and what mm-hmm. kind of team we want to be viewed as and all this kind of stuff. And uh a lad, one of the French lads put up his hand and he's like, oh, like we just we need to be unbeaten at home. And I just kinda of turned one of the lads and was like, why, like, why is it all this like at home stuff? And then somebody else put their hand and was like, Oh, we need to be a team that like um that yeah, are unbeaten at home and, and we give it a good shot away from home. And I just, I, I just started getting pissed off, and I just bought my hand. I was like, "Here, lads, like if you're, if you're literally openly accepting losing, then what's the point? Like, why are we here? Like, what's like, we might as well just be like, right, sure, look, we're just gonna sack off all our away games. We'll just play 15 games at home. Hopefully, win them all. Give ourselves 15 games to to not get relegated. Like, why are we bothering going to the away games? Just leave them, because like, it's just that attitude of just like. See what happens. Like give it a crack. Sure. Like if we lose, it's not the end of the world. And then as well, by doing that, you then they then build the pressure up for home games so much that then when you do inevitably lose a home game, it's like the end of the world. It's like a funeral. Like people are going around not looking at each other. Like the president will come in and like bollock people out of it and like there'll be no like aftermatch function like you'll be getting shitty food handed to you like just like even the dinner people won't look at you and it's like like we might have lost the game at home by one point and we played unbelievably well we just lost a really good side and they'll treat it so badly like that it's just you just can't get your head around it it's bizarre it sounds
0: like it's very potent away from home like it's just like whatever will be will be like And, and then at home it's like completely outcome focused like it's very hard to focus on the performance because you're so focused ultra focused on
11: the score line if i go out on a pitch and i don't give it my all when i finish the game i just feel like a dickhead like i just feel like i'm i'm a bit of a prick like i've just let down like the team people that are watching like my parents are watching at home or like my girlfriend or whatever like i just feel like a bit of a fraud like so you just kind of i think that's the kind of driving force for me is that like if you finish a game and you know that you potentially didn't run as fast as you could when somebody was running back or like you didn't get set or you didn't see an opportunity because of not being quite there mentally, like that's the worst feeling in the world. Like it doesn't, like you can accept if some big massive lad runs over the top of you or like you have a kick to win it and you hit it well but you just, it misses like that. That shit happens like that's not, that's not a kind of a mental prep thing but just like in terms of effort like you just, you can never be getting questioned about your effort if you're if you're a professional athlete you're getting paid to do it. Like it's that's just your your bread and butter. Like you have to do it. You have to bring that to the table. And I think it's just it yeah, it's just very bizarre when you see when you see lads just not getting up for a game because it's in a different part of the part of the country. It's not in your stadium. It's just like, What? Like what are you doing? So
0: When you were younger playing sport, you would visualise a little bit in relation to achieving certain goals or even getting to a certain level on the pitch. Um, Is that something that you've been using in your rehab process or is that something that has kind of fallen by the wayside as you've got a little bit more experience and a little bit older?
3: Um, I'd say the the way it, yeah, the, i suppose from a visualized if, if you're talking about visualization when i was younger it certainly wasn't an intentional visualization okay. it was like i used to get lost in a place when i was training or practicing or playing with my friends where i where i would literally think i was whoever in you know writing or, or in yeah. park or whatever and um, and that was something that always came very naturally to me and i, I remember my first year layer, um, and we had a kind of sports performance kind of sports psychologist yeah. coach and um, I had never intentionally done visualization he just asked me to um picture how the first uh, kick out of this next game is going to go um and he was like I've never seen anyone visualize something in such detail that quickly I, was, I, I thought uh, you know I, was, I, I thought that was a normal way of doing things so and it well as I was doing it it just it reminded me of being like Nine or ten, and this this is this is literally how I used to picture things and envision things when I was playing as a kid. Um, but it, I don't, I wouldn't say I use it a huge amount as in deliberate preparation for matches anymore mm-hmm. or or stuff like that. But it, it I probably should because I definitely think there's huge benefit in it. Um, interestingly, from a rehab point of view, I find myself if I must find it happening an awful lot more. Um, where I'm doing a, a training session or if you know if I'm doing a bike session or out for a cycle or in the gym doing rehab and um, I do find myself getting lost a little bit more in it and visualizing uh, the comeback and visualizing my first training back my first match back um, and I, I, get a ser- I get a serious kind of endorphin hit off it um, and so it's something that I, I remember last year with the knee injury felt like it helped me an awful lot and um, and you know it actually things panned out quite similarly to how i was imagining them during the rehab process in terms of the first training first match back and um, so it's definitely something that in the kind of long-term injury process i found has has actually started happening again naturally um, and has definitely helped me from a motivation point of view to to get through monotonous boring rehab sessions because the, like fact is that they are yeah um, but uh, yeah, oh, the uh, stationary bikes. Are, yeah, I'm not going to talk too much about them <laughs> because they are very, very boring. But the, then it's also, you can create a challenge in that as well. Yeah. You know, it's like, this is boring. I, I'm going to get through it though. You know, that kind of thing. You can make it. Uh, you can stimulate yourself in how monotonous it is as well and so yeah there's little challenges like that but yeah i I wouldn't i don't use deliberate visualization from a performance perspective anymore and but it's just interesting that you mentioned that it is something that's been happening a little bit more naturally from a rehab point of view is it
0: non-conscious
3: again when you're doing it on the bike or you're doing it in the rehab process? Are yeah. you thinking about it um, specifically? Like you're so, like, I'm going to yeah.
0: visualize to come back here or does it just happen?
3: Um, initially, it was just happening. Uh, and then when I realized it was actually helping me perform better in that specific exercise that I was doing, I was there, and um, the next day i come back and I'd be feeling a bit knackered and I was like "Jesus, this worked the last time and let's have a go with that so I'll, I'll just picture a, a match starting in my head and and I'll just get lost in the match and find that the session starts going better and um, so yeah I started using it a little bit more deliberately now yeah. have everything you've said there around visualization
0: you've used in relation to the actual sport the pursuit have you ever used it in relation to specific exercises or uh, specific rehab exercises or variations in the gym where you are pushing range of motion. So you imagine having more range of motion in the exercise prior to doing it, because that is something that I I use myself when I was yeah. coming back from the knee yeah. injury, and it did seem to help a little bit. Especially yeah. when I hit a plateau and I was maybe progressing a variation and I was challenging myself and thinking yeah. like geez i don't know if i'm going to be able to squat this weight or whatever to a a decent range of motion and then i'd imagine myself doing it immediately prior yeah yeah and then i found that it did help in maybe improving my self-efficacy and my confidence in doing it so it was just something that worked for me so i was interested have you ever tried that or has it happened non-consciously
3: so um again definitely haven't deliberately tried it um it makes complete sense when you mention it as to, you know, from from a, a logical point of view, but um, they're not deliberately. But again, once if I see a video of how an exercise should be performed, um, and I'm doing it, I, I will have that in my head, like I kind of picturing how did, what this should look like, um, which I'm sure helps as well. But um, no, I haven't used it deliberately, but we'll definitely be giving yeah. it a soon, yeah, I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely
4: sometimes it's really negative it's not really negative self-awareness but like i i am I'm, I'm a thinker so i uh, i overthink a good bit and um again when i give out advice to people about overthinking it's brilliant advice that i don't follow myself so it's uh it's 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 a tough one and it's something i'm uh, constantly working on because um yeah i think if you're uh, over self where i can be over and it's always something i've struggled with is that confidence piece and beating myself up because if I, I see someone doing something i'd be like i should be able to do that and when i'm not able to do it yeah i get a bit frustrated and probably a bit sad in myself so um yeah that's one thing that i think is probably a, a work on for me but um what was the second part of that question
0: the second part was in relation to your self-awareness. Has it developed through your trials and tribulations with injury?
4: Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, again, it was like when, when you get injured once it's fine and twice, it's less fine and so on and so forth. So, and um, that was uh, the ups and downs of it were just probably too much by the end of it because it was so unenjoyable having to, like, I hated rehab and, and the fact that I had to do it for, probably a combined two full seasons in total from from maybe even longer, but from start to finish in terms of every injury I've had, like I think I counted seven or eight surgeries by the end of my career with ankles and knees and hamstrings combined. And um like that just like again, once a season is maybe fine doing that. But like having it two or three times a season it was just crazy. And I think that's when that self-awareness thing came in. It was like, oh, I was aware that this wasn't going to work out nearly when my hamstring wasn't getting better the on the last time um so that was tough but I had dealt with all this like uh it would have been like probably six months ago or so when I knew my hamstring wasn't getting better I was coming back to train and um yeah like I mean it was it was obviously a tough really tough time for me and it was the uncertainty of what I was going to do next that I suppose was the hardest part But then by the time I started talking about it with people, like I had already dealt with it. So it was just sort of being able to look at it from another point of view and perspective that I think was why people maybe saw me as being this, you know, brave person that, you know, Mm. didn't take it too seriously um, afterwards and and as a good attitude. But like it wasn't the case at the time because um, it was pretty dark in terms of uh, not knowing what the next step was and if my hamstring would get better, would I play rugby again? What would I do after rugby was I enjoying it? Was I ever going to enjoy it again? Like all these things are going through your head, but I think being able to be at peace with the decision that was forced upon me is uh, probably the most important thing for me because, I mean, I could dwell in the past for the rest of my life and that would not get me anywhere because I'd just be living in the past when I think we're all very aware that living in the present is the you know, most optimal thing to do. So, um yeah, like by the time I speak about it now and the last couple of months, I mean, I dealt with all the issues that came mm-hmm. with it previously. And I mean, I always talk about my support network around me and it's such a cliche but what I do. Um, a loving family and girlfriend and friends uh, goes a very, very long way. So I'm very blessed in that regard. I sound very uh, hippie-ish or something now. No, no, about. Blessed, said, no. but it's true. It's true. It's true, yeah. it true, I think. When you're not alone doing these things, and it comes back to us being social animals, that having a good community and, and tribe around you is so, so important.
0: What stood out was when you talked about your first year and when you weren't in the team, that must have been something so new for you. Because back here in Tipperary, you were obviously captaining and then with care as well, you're playing. so. How did you navigate that when it happened? Did that build a little bit of resilience in you?
12: Yeah, and like I probably like was very upset like at the time when I got the news, and like I thought I was training well, but at the same time I'm this Irish girl that never played the game before had who had two months of training done. When you look back, um, and it was an away game, so I was the emergency, which basically is if someone got injured in the warm up, I would have got a late call in. Um, so it was an away game, I got to travel to Adelaide, um, was in the dressing room, understood like everything that was entailed in like heading away on a flight, staying in a hotel, the time zones, all that. So looking back, it was a really good learning experience and Adelaide were like a top side too. So potentially if I made my debut in that game and didn't perform, could that have been the end of my AFLW career? Potentially. So when I look back and then see that I got my chance a week later against Geelong a home game um a big crowd it was unbelievable and I scored a goal and stayed in the team since and here I am 5 seasons later um sometimes i think you know things really do happen for a reason and i learned a lot from that and i built resilience and yeah at the time it was awful and i was like thinking you know i could be at home playing for tip and could have took the easy road nearly um but i definitely learned a lot from it and it probably built my character a little bit too um But yeah, you'd still miss Gaelic and all that as well. But I think looking back at kind of how that unfolded, I think it kind of made me the player I am as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it probably showed you that you don't get anything for free out here.
12: Yeah. No, you definitely gotta
0: work for it. Yeah. And you did. And that's it. Yeah, just
12: having a good attitude as well. Like I could have sulked for the week. And to be honest, then you're not going to get in the team. Um so yeah, I was upset the night that I got the news, but then you know, had to travel away with the girls. And they all had to go play that game. Um, So, yeah, just being around them and having a good attitude and good spirits and encouraging them, I think probably ticked a few boxes for the coach seeing my character in that instance as well. So, um, yeah, I definitely learned a lot from it.
0: And there's a lot of players that need to hear that as well. That it's okay to be disappointed. Yeah. But it's how you carry yourself and how you react to it and your behavior and your actions afterwards that are going to hold you in good stead and give you a better chance of getting back into the team. Because if you just sulk and make it about you when it's not about you, it's about the team, then unfortunately the coach is going to identify, well, they, that person thinks it's about them and it's not. Yeah, um, So then I'm probably not going to trust them going in. As well as that, your teammates know that you're disappointed and they respect the fact that you're disappointed because most of them have been there too. But if they know you're disappointed, but you're still putting the team's best foot forward, they're going to respect that even more and trust you even more and probably give you even more encouragement to get into the team. And that's something that a lot of young athletes probably – need to go through before they can start to adopt that type of behavior
12: yeah definitely like I think you know if it was all plain sailing and now in my career something like that happened I probably wouldn't be as resilient whereas I think you know even getting injured and things over the last couple of seasons you definitely learn from it and yeah you're on a team for a reason as well so um I think when decisions are made it's the best for the team and even if sometimes you might think that it's wrong um you just have to go with it because you're going no to know it's wrong yeah no one's out to get you like it is just meant a decision made for the team at that point in time um and yeah you're going to think it's wrong but maybe that's when you try proving wrong and Then a training yeah.
0: 10%. that's why you're an athlete that's why you have the confidence in yourself um and you're going to think it's wrong because you want to play and you touched on there how you do want to play yeah yeah you're dead right yeah. and that's something as well though that stands out about you is you don't hear at all what people really say about you is that something that's been natural or something that kind of you focused on because you spoke about wanting to be as the lads put it the heir apparent to Johnny's to well, throne like <laughs> you want to be the number one forward you want to go and win an ulster championship is that something that's as we talked about earlier a little bit generational and that the younger lads are more willing to speak about what they're going at or is it something that you've been
10: like actively pursuing I think just naturally as a human like you you're always going to have those those thoughts come in your head that you shouldn't be doing this you shouldn't be expressing your thoughts or but I think you just realise after a while like no one really cares like no one everyone has their own stuff going on um, is anyone actually going to care if I express what I want? Maybe for a split second, they might give out about it, but no one actually, no one, no cares. And um, it's something that if I wouldn't say it came naturally to me, just expressing all those things and and saying what I feel. But um, over time, just constantly doing it, I suppose, having social media as well has probably helped that side of things. Just realizing that when you do put something out, that you might think, you might think people would. You know, kick a fuss up about and then you put it out and no one says anything or nothing happens off it. You just realise like it doesn't matter. Like it does not matter. Um and I suppose it's you should be expressing, you know, those sort of things and what you want to do and where you want to go. Um so you can even have that belief in yourself. The more you say it, the more you're going to believe it. Um so yeah, it's, I wouldn't say it's something I've actively been going and trying to change either. It's just naturally happened. Probably has just naturally happened over time. and um, well I th- well, I think back to when I first was probably creating Instagram and stuff. It mightn't have naturally happened at that that stage. But then again I wouldn't say I went and forced it either big time. I think it was just repetition over time. With the volume and with the reps get the reps the in
11: the <laughs> same <laughs> as
0: the same as the gym the same as the speed uh but something that maybe has been a little bit clearer is that you have a very active brain because you've mentioned overthinking on a few podcasts you've mentioned it here as well and that you've mentioned that sometimes you have so many ideas and so many things going in different directions that it can get a bit much and you have to actually just focus in on what's important and as you said yesterday control the controllables Mm -hmm. Has the time and the space in the gym doing the rehab given you ample time for overthinking? And is that something that you've been trying to work on is maybe get a little bit better at controlling the
10: controllables and not thinking too deeply about everything? Yeah. Like, as you said, when you're in a gym doing rehab on your own, it's nearly impossible to, to not overthink things. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a massive overthinker, but like anyone else, at times certain stages you start to overthink and then it's just about Mm -hmm. implementing certain things to try and try and not overthink I suppose like certain journaling or meditating or cold water or improving your sleep or like you know i'm I'm fairly good with realizing what i need to do to prevent those things well it's not even prevent them i suppose they're always going to be there Mm -hmm. but to deal with them better um but yeah i think it's only natural when you're I suppose struggling with an injury at that level that you're going to overthink things um, and you're going to think like you're going to worry about whether you're going to be in the shape of the play whether you're going to, um, and whether people are going to be thinking about it. But um, as I said, I'm, I'm fairly good at dealing with them like, at this stage. I'd say it's refreshing for
0: people to hear that as well that that goes through inter county players' heads mm-hmm. because sometimes fans think they're, that you're superhuman. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think. They, that probably is a struggle, though, as well, is it? In that, like, people are like, oh, sure, he's grand, he's strong, he plays county for Fermanagh, he'll be 100%. Like, probably yeah. is.
10: Um. Yeah, I don't know. People probably just think everyone at, at that level is just, as you said, super strong and um would never have those sort of things. And uh, that's why I can never really understand when people from the outside would give so much criticism to to players at a high level um for not performing and not doing all those things. Like, when they don't realise that, you know, players have a lot going on themselves. I'm not saying I do, but <laughs> <laughs>
5: I'm
10: sure there's players out there at the highest level that struggle big time, um, and are getting criticised constantly. And um, they're doing everything they can. Like, you're literally doing. You literally are spending every hour of your day nearly thinking about when you are involved in that bubble at a, at a high end county level. You nearly always have something to think about in terms of performing because, like, league means a lot, championship means a lot. So, for six months of the year, you're constantly thinking about how can I perform on the pitch or how can I be the best.
0: That's why reflection is so important as well because me reflecting at your previous or on your previous interviews. A major ambition in you going England was you wanted to play in Super League.
2: Yeah, I know. So, like, I know.
0: Now you've just said there with the I new know. contract, it's going to happen. So, I know you. You are, and you must be immensely grateful for that. But as athletes and as people that are driven, as you said, it's always next thing.
2: Yeah, no, I know it's always the next thing. But like I was saying to the, the Andrew students as well, like luck plays a part as well in life, and like you create your own luck because. I was out for half the season and like I could have not had a contract renewed. you know been out half the season not kept on to move up to the WSL so I worked hard to earn that contract but I had one or two other offers of other championship clubs last season and I chose to go to Bristol City and Bristol got promoted you know what I mean and now I'll be playing the WSL had I gone with one of the other clubs I would be still playing the championship next year so like (sighs) yeah it's amazing and luck does play a part in in your career but um, I do think you create on your own luck as well so it's a bit of both.
0: I've also heard you say previously that you believe things happen for a reason too so obviously we can create our own luck and we can do our best to put ourselves in the best position possible to realise what we want to realise and to achieve what we want to achieve but Johnny Wilkinson who is obviously a huge influence of mine um, he reckons that each of the injuries he suffered throughout his career, and there were many injuries, were trying to teach him a different lesson or tell him something that he needed to learn. Do you think you've learned something from each of the experiences you've gone through? And then has it all led to whatever the culmination is going to be in playing either in the World Cup or the Mm. Super League?
2: 100%. I think everything you live through, you... Grow through is that the same? Some then we were saying. Now, if you'd ask me, this if, whole
0: podcast just always quoting people.
2: <laughs> if you ask me, would I would I rather have not had Hodgkin's lymphoma? Like, yeah. yes. Would I would rather not have torn my ACL or had osteoid People, people, yes. So that like my career, my life could have been so much more different. But I would be a different person then. And you know, I you know, you just can't change what happens to you. So um. Yeah, I do think I've learned a lot from each experience for sure, but like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, yeah, I'm grateful I went through those experiences. Like, no, I'm not. I'd rather have not lost my hair as a 19 year old going through chemotherapy or, you know, like I'd rather not have struggled in my mental health through my ACL recovery. Like, so, you know, it's, it's a bit of both, but yeah, for sure. I agree with him. Like every experience has taught me a lot and, um, I'm a better, I'm like a better person for it in that sense. But like tough times are tough and like no one really wants to
0: go through them. But it does seem like you are very good at acceptance to an extent in that, like I've heard you speak about that experience of losing your hair and just being like, well, yeah, yeah, it is what it is like.
2: Yeah. Well, I think like back then I was I mean, it was an awful experience for me, but like you, when you're faced with something like life or death, like you don't, you just go, you just roll with the punches because you're just like, I, I need this is what I need to do. Like, there's no, it's not, it's no black or white. Like it's life or death. Like you need to do this. So, um, yeah, and look, I think in life, like you don't have, you don't really have a choice as to what happens to you. It's, you know, I when I was going through my ACL um rehab. I like started to listen to a lot of podcasts and did a lot of walking because I couldn't run obviously. Mm -hmm. So that was my way of just like letting loose a little bit, just going for walks and listening to podcasts. And like, (laughs) I listened to the high performance podcasts a lot back then. And, you know, I kept hearing, it's just, it's, it's not about what happens to you. It's about your reaction. Mm -hmm. And I wholeheartedly believe in that because everyone will go through tough times in their life. It's just how you react to those. And so
0: Is that something you speak about amongst the squad, or is it just a personal thing? Because it seems in a number of teams you've been involved in, when backs against the wall, girls stand up like and are like, "Let's go ahead, let's like we can, we can still do it." Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah.
2: Um, I think that's very much a personal thing that I feel. Um, but look, I think as females, we just like to have that mentality of like. I'm going to prove you wrong because we've spent how many years trying to prove males wrong That you know we can play and we deserve this and we deserve that so I think that's just in our nature but from a personal perspective like you know everything I've gone through has taught me like just accept it and how what are you going to do about it Like you know you can't change it so what are you going to do about it